This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-caring it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I am your host for Beauty Behind Chaos. And today I am here with a guest that is going to be sharing her story, all her things and everything that she is involved in today, but also what led her to where she is. I am here today with Stephanie. Hey girl. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So if you guys, if you want to share um, who you are and what do you do, that's like a loaded question when I ask it, but... (laughs) Try to try to start with that. All right. So I'm Stephanie Rivkin. I am owner of Royal Beats DJ Services in Connecticut. Um, I like to do a little bit of everything. So I'm also a speaker <laughs> on the side. I am like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like addicted to traveling. Um, I'm a mom. I've got you know the the mompreneur, entrepreneur, business owner, whole like madness life going on. So hectic, crazy. I totally understand beauty behind the chaos. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's funny because when I go to introduce people, I'm like, I don't even know which I and all the things becomes the word that I just keep using in every episode because I'm just like, we are just women that wear many hats. And we've also had so many different experiences that kind of led to those hats. So that's what Beauty Behind Chaos is all about is one, sharing all of those experiences and all the different things that we do, but how we do it and also like how we actually have success doing it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I like wearing different hats. You know, nobody wants to wear that same hat every day. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? I thrive in like I thrive in the ability to kind of be diversified, right? Like if I was doing the same thing all the time, I don't think I think maybe that's the creative part of us, like as creators, like we're always creating and we can't be put in this like box of who we are. So when I ask when I when I say that, it's like who are you? I go, that's like a loaded question. I can't, I can't even answer that question. So sorry for that pressure. But, um, so we've known each other for a long time. Um, Stephanie, we originally met, I I don't even know how we originally met. Like, was it, it wasn't from a client perspective. It it? was totally. Um, yes. I, one of my friend's sisters worked for you. And so I had seen her at your salon. And so I went there and then when she was no longer there, I had seen you and I was like, I want you to do my hair. So that's how that happened. (laughs) I love that. You know, it's crazy because I've been doing hair for 20 years and I've met so many women. And like, what I love is in that process of meeting people and doing hair. And obviously like I love the beauty side of what I do, but I love making people feel good about themselves. And I love connecting with people. And it was through connecting with people behind my chair that like really helped give me the confidence to do a lot of the things that I've done in life because I've had people like you sitting in my chair, either going through the same things (laughs) or like have gone gotten through those things and we're sitting there giving me advice. So it was just like this really cool experience to do that. And people don't realize that like as a hairstylist, like you get those 
really incredible opportunities to connect with people. Yeah, I don't have the same connection and I love my hairstylist now, but since you've been gone, Aww. it's not like Aww. the same. I don't leave there with like, you know, I, I leave with nice hair, but I'm not like motivated, inspired, changed, you know, Aww. like sitting in the chair with you is sometimes like, I couldn't wait to get there because I know we would like connect over like exciting things we were doing or like new goals or, you know, even sometimes I talk to you about relationship things and you totally got yeah. it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I love that you know, that brought you to where you are now because, you know, sitting in your chair, uh, honestly, is like how we connected so strongly and why I've been following you all this time. And like, you know, oh, I love that. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's it's so crazy. And then I forget because I, I have been following your journey and then I'm just like, okay, you're a DJ, you're a business owner, you were in the wedding industry. And that's where, where at first I was like, is that how we met? Was it the wedding industry? But no, it was in my chair. I I love that. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, awesome. So okay. So going. So going back. So you've been. How long have you been a DJ? So I'm really bad at math, but I think it's my 14th year. Oh my gosh. I know a lot of the things that we talked about was in talking about the wedding industry and being women in business and navigating all the different things that, um, you know, we were trying to do and accomplish. But I would imagine, um, you know, just to maybe let's talk about the fact that you are a woman in the DJ industry, because I feel like there's not a lot of women in the DJ industry. So how was that for you just starting out as a woman in the industry? Um, and, and what got you into it? Um, it was honestly like not my path at all. Um, I had a passion for singing and I was an 18 year old mom. So, you know, as soon as I turned 21, I started to hit the bar where I could actually go out and sing. And I was also in college. So those were my nights off, like singing in the bar. That was my release. It was like a safe spot. Um, and I had a huge community there. Like, I don't know if it was because I was going over time, um, but I built like this really great network of, I don't know, I guess people that supported me as a singer. And so when I transitioned into being a host, which was just like kind of some, one of my host friends was like, Hey, do you want to cover a night for me? And I was like, sure. Never done it before. Scared out of my mind. Um, but said yes. And went in there and did it anyway. And, um, all the people that I knew from my karaoke spots came out and supported me on a regular basis. And instead of now being one of the singers, I'm now the host. And it was like such a transition for me. I couldn't even get on the microphone to introduce my first show. <clears throat> I was so scared. One of, and I just sat there too. And I, I could tell like I was burning up inside and people were like, what the hell is she waiting for? And so <laughs> one of the singers was like, do you want me to like introduce the show? And I was like, yes. So that was my first night. And after that, it was still terrifying every time I got in the mic, but like we had so much fun and the people that were my friends that kept coming to support and eventually started recommending me for, um, like parties. And I, I was DJing on karaoke equipment and I had like a small library and one day before it was like illegal, <laughs> somebody was like, Hey, somebody gave me a hard drive. Do you want it? <clears throat> and I was like, uh, Yeah. So once I got that hard drive, it changed my life. And this is how you know things are meant to be. Because not only did I never intend to be a karaoke host, you know, I was just like this little singer. I was going to be a teacher. Um, but then like things just started happening. People were placing things like people were put in my path to help me get me to where I was going. And then all of a sudden I'm looking back and I'm like, where the hell did 14 years go? Like I was working in hotels. I was going to be a teacher. Like I was, this wasn't my path, you know? So I'm just really excited that 
everything happened for a reason at the right time, the right people, the right places. And here we are. And it really, it really just does. And it, but it takes like showing up even when you're scared and you're like, why am I doing this? I don't know why I'm doing this. I feel like this about this podcast sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, why, why am I putting myself out there? Um, and then you start to see the pieces come into play and you start to see things kind of line up and you're like, oh my gosh, I, okay, I'm going to keep showing up and let me see what where this goes. And next thing you know, you're kind of living out like your passion and your purpose. So I love that. And actually that kind of reminds me, there was two things as you as you were talking. One, okay, I remember you you sang at one of my shows, my oh, avant-garde yes. show on the rooftop of the Russian lady right. at the bar. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that, really like, beautiful. Yes. Never forget that moment. I know. It was beautiful. And so that just like – pulled up a memory for me. I loved that. And then just thinking about how I got started, it was very similar in the sense that I worked in a salon. I was doing hair. I worked in a mall. And um, I was always like the updo girl. I was always like the go-to updo girl. And one day my manager came to me and she was like, hey, I, I can't go do this wedding. It's one of my clients. It's at her house. Can you go and do it? And I was like, what? I've, for one, never gone to people's houses to do a service. And two, like I've never done six people. And so I was just like, what? And then I was like, how much do you charge? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I was so nervous. Although I knew how to do the skill, I was nervous to walk into some random person's house and like, do six people for their hair, right? And so I was just like, okay, I guess I'll do it. So I went and I will never forget the moment, dude, when I walked out of there and like just how much I just knew, one, I need to be doing more of this because I was a young mother and I was just like, one, I made great money. And I had that moment of just like, how do I do how do I do more of this? And I was scared. I didn't know how. I didn't know where to start. And me being random me, I like literally on the drive home, I came up with the name Beauty Entourage. And I mean, the rest was truly history. It was insane where my journey went from there. But if I said no to that one opportunity, you know, because I was nervous to go to someone's house, um, my life maybe would have been different or maybe things would have changed. But isn't that crazy? Those like one little moments where someone's like, hey, can you go do this? And you're like, "Uh, no. But I guess <laughs> and the more of those moments that I have, the more I'm like, you have to say yes. You're not allowed to. Say, I don't say no to almost anything. I mean, if yeah. I feel like, you know, there's a more cons and pros. But for the most part, when these opportunities approach, I'm like, yes. And yeah. so there was one time I said yes to going to a convention. It was really small. And they were like, do you want to um, be part of this contest? All you have to do is like you know, say something about, um, like adding something to your business to make more money. So of course I brought up karaoke and I went up and I talked, okay, this was really random that I'm even here. And I talked for about three to four minutes on karaoke. And that led to me getting my first speaking engagement in Vegas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was a couple where years. Was, where was the speaking? Like when you were talking about the karaoke, where was that? That was at this little DJ meetup in Pennsylvania. I can't even remember the town. It was so small, maybe less than a hundred DJs, I think. And somebody had a, a free ticket at the last minute. And they're like, Hey, if you can go, it's all the way in Pennsylvania. And I was like, well, let me see what I could do. I was like, yeah, let me go. And so that one showing up that one time yeah. I'm speaking in Vegas for my second time this next coming February. And I just think to myself, if I hadn't have gone, if I hadn't have said yes to that yeah. talk. So, you know, I just kind of feel like 
once you're on the right path and the opportunities approach, like you said, you have to be, you know, your eyes have to be open. You have to be willing yeah. to take the opportunities. And then all of a sudden life is like magic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And then there's a book actually, it's called The Year of Yes by, by Shonda Rhimes. And I read that book actually, you know, it's crazy. And I, I knew you in this time and I, you might remember and recall some of this because I was probably in that time frame doing your hair. Um, but the it was a year of yes. It was like in 2016, 2017. But um, I was saying yes to everything. And so I went and I ended up speaking um, in Atlanta about um, some tech that I had built for my company. And then after that, that led to like the next thing, I said yes to enter a challenge with Microsoft and submitted all my stuff that I did for my company and won the Innovate Her Challenge. Then I said yes to go to this Women Entrepreneurs event that then led to a speaking engagement at like the Harvard School of, or what is it? Uh, no, Barney School of Business. Harvard, that was <laughs> Barney School of Business. So it was just like this time. And then like Entrepreneur Magazine, it was a time of my life where when I was saying yes, dude, I was hitting every like stride and every, it was leading to this next thing, this next thing, this next thing. It was almost overwhelming though too. Um and that can kind of be kind of difficult to juggle because when you're saying yes to everything, you're like, how do I have time to do like the things that make me money? Because this stuff I'm saying yes to doesn't make me money yet, right? So how do you how do you how do you navigate that with juggling? You know, because I feel like being it's a, there's a fine line between being a starving artist mm -hmm. and and creating, 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 and then being like a more intentional, you know, artist and how you create and how you actually make a living. So what was that crossover for you? Um, I think it was <clears throat> a few years back. I made this decision that I did not want to be in the bars hosting karaoke four to five nights a week anymore. It was just exhausting. It was taking a toll on like the energy that I had to put toward my wedding. Um, like the, the whole six month season of weddings. So I started just in my mind, I thought to myself, less karaoke, more weddings. So I started saying no to karaoke and I mm -hmm. thought to myself, well, how am I going to replace this income? And I was scared. I'm like, how am I going to do this? But then corporate events came, private events came. It opened me up. I had those days available to now take other events. So I was like, well, you know, if I hadn't said no and made that decision to like do less, then all of these other things would have happened. So I feel like once you know what you want, and I don't always know what I want. Sometimes I'm not super confused <laughs> right now about many Preach. things. <laughs> but, I'm there. Um, I knew for a fact I needed more energy and time for weddings. So I made that switch. I said no to money that I needed. But it came through in other ways. The energy was there. The time was there. So um, like New Year's Eve this year, I must have said no to like four or five gigs. Why? Yeah. I want to work on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. It's a great night for people to see who you are, show off, have a great time, probably get some free food and drinks. But if the money's not right, if the location's not right, I'm saying no because it's my New Year's Eve after 14 years. Yeah. You know, I've given up all the New Year's Eve. I've given up all the holidays and weekends. So like now... I can say no because I'm making the money in other places and I'm making the time to, um, I guess, maybe make up for that money somewhere else down the road. Right, right. So so with that, so like for me, I moved across the country and started over, right? And what I have learned within the, that, the process of – I feel like, one, we live in seasons. So like there are seasons for different reasons and, and what you have to do and what you have to be intentional on. But I think – there's a season where you have to say yes to everything while you're figuring it out or if you're starting something new 
or because you kind of just have to navigate, right? You don't know until you just try everything. And then once you get there and you do that and you hit all these points and you're like, okay, all right, now I've tr- I said yes to everything. And now it's like I got to start saying no to stuff so I can start now channeling into the right niche, the right path and and kind of being more intentional, right? Yeah. So so that's actually like a really, really good insight. So that's kind of what happened for you where you kind of niched in and said, I want this type of work. Now I've done all these things and now this is what I'm going to focus on. Um, I love that. That's that's similar. I, I think there's something to that because I felt that way with my salon and I had to like eventually um, I sold my salon and just focused on weddings and focused on beauty entourage. And that was hard to break from clients. Like I had clients that were just like, girl, bye. I'll see you in six weeks. (laughs) You're not retiring. (laughs) Um, So did you like miss karaoke or did you like enjoy the path that you kind of decided to go to go into next, which was weddings? That's funny. I just thought of that in my head. Did I miss karaoke right before you said it? Um, I did for a moment in time. I was like, the queen of karaoke, right? I'm out five <laughs> nights a week for like 10 years or however many years. And I'm like, I felt like- to walk away from too, right? It was. But you know, after a while, I had been like all the bars that were worthwhile. Um, and I know there's like more, there's always stuff popping up, breweries and like all these new um, vineyards and stuff where they've amazing places for live music and everything. But I don't miss, you know- trekking out into the snow or the rain five nights yeah. a week anymore. Um, it, it, I mean, it just sucks. Your equipment, like the other night I went out, it's, it's pouring rain. It's like, you know, I'm doing a brunch and my stuff's getting soaked. And, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like um, you miss it, but it's like a bad relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you don't miss it that much after a while. <laughs> You're like, oh, that was cute. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's me. Like I keep dipping my toe back into doing hair and like going out and doing bookings like every so often. And like I like I go and I do it and I I love it and I'm like this is cool, but like I can't go back to doing this full time. Right. You know, it's a it's a grind. It is and it I mean, you gain so much experience and knowledge, but like then you figure out at some point you go, ah, my path is ready for for something new, right? Yeah. So, so you got into, so now like leading up to, um, so karaoke weddings and then are you still doing weddings or are you, are you doing something else? Weddings are like my bread and butter from, um, like May to October. And then, um, I'm trying to incorporate some new things now. So I'm going to get a brand new photo booth. I'm going to upgrade my photo booth. I have something new called spot my photo. I'm going to start doing too. So these are going to replace all the karaoke nights. So I can actually do these during the day. Um, more corporate schools. And then I could be home still at night and have made either just as much or more money doing these other things. So um, in a few days, I'm going to Boston and I'm going to launch my spot, my photo program. And it's really cool. It's like this um, photo branding. So I go to a conference, I'm taking pictures of everybody. Once you put your information, your phone number, whatever, into my little, uh, my iPhone, which I wear on my wrist, I got my camera. Um, Nice. Yeah. So you put your number in once and now every photo I take of you from the conference now goes straight to you. You don't have to do anything else. It's, it's amazing. So I've, I've kind of been shooting with this company now for maybe like five years at all the conferences and I've been waiting to launch it, but like madness, right? Like 2020 (laughs) happened and a relationship ended, then I moved and then I moved again. And I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, I love photography. I can't wait to like, you know, 
branch off in this new direction, but yeah. life has a way of like making you wait and you know, the right time is just like not up to you. So I'm just going to like take my business everywhere a little, you know, I don't want to just DJ anymore. I want to talk. I want to do photography, whatever I can get my hands into. I love that. I'm, I'm kind of in that same space, right? I'm just like, okay, beauty industry. I've been killing it. I've been doing this. And then 2020 threw me through a loop and I moved and I'm just like, I still love the beauty industry. And I think there's, I'll, I'll always kind of have my, my foot in something. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, okay, podcast, uh, speaking life into women. Like I want to write a book. I want to do these other things. I have all these other talents. And so like, how do I, how do I navigate and not feel like I have to give up something? There's like this like weird process that you have to go through to kind of figure out what's right. But sometimes it's like, no, I want to do a little bit of everything and that's okay too. (laughs) Fills me about myself. Sometimes I just want to be like this. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what it is about me. I think it maybe like depression will set in if I give myself too much downtime. Mm. Um, so I schedule myself to always have stuff going on. I've got like something on the calendar for work or travel or something I'm looking forward to. And if I don't have that, like I, sometimes I put too much on my plate because I'm afraid of idle hands. Oh um, yes. So I've been like, I want to start my own podcast. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, I, I want to sleep is what I really, really, really want. Um, so I, I can't, I don't know about you, but like, I'm so ADD. I want to do all of these things. Sometimes I start them and I'm like, oh, I'll come back to that, you know? And that's the hard part. Sometimes I don't, you know, but I still want to do them, but it's just like, how do I, I feel like I need much better time management. Yeah. For me, I've like, and this is actually a lot of the, um, in me to do more with beauty behind chaos and, and really bring this to light because I think that's something a lot of us struggle with. I think um, sometimes we are busy, 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 and it's it's kind of trying to almost either fill a hole, fill a gap, or afraid to not be busy. And, and what does that look like, right? Um, and I went through that process and I could totally relate to the aspect of depression and, you know, struggling, you know, mentally with certain things I found, and I didn't realize this. I feel like as of recent, I realized that things that I had experienced in my life, trauma and, and different circumstances, like my coping mechanism was creating and my coping mechanism was, um, you know, building things and creating things and, and putting my worth in that as opposed to really working through the things I was struggling with behind the scenes. And I realized that kind of over time. And there's an aspect to it where it's like, well, maybe I – like I got scared to like heal thinking that would affect my creative process. (laughs) And I was just like, if I start relaxing and and you know what I mean? Like I'm going to lose all this that I built and created. And that same Ashley's not going to come forward. And like, it almost like hindered my healing process. And then I just got sick of getting depressed and, and feeling that way. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, no, I got to go, go and do this work and work on myself. And in the, in the interim, what's happened, it's actually allowing me to show up so whole and so right and intentional in the things that I do as opposed to just being busy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. And then when I do have that time, I'm still working on that downtime part. I'm not going to lie because um, I am kind of always naturally creating. But 
we do have to take that time because if we're not showing up as our full whole self, then really we're not going to create something of sustainability and substance and we're always going to be doing all these like hustles, right? I know. And I feel like when the winter comes, that's my time to like, that's my creative time. And yeah. for the last couple of years, I've just been so all over the place that this year, I'm like, maybe this is my year. I'm actually going to set up my whole background, do like my Twitch streaming and like, look, I want to do live video and I want to do all these things that like, I feel like you have to really be present for, you know, you, yeah. it takes a lot of time to first of all, set up all your stuff and then come up with a live set that you want to actually do in front of people. So my goal for myself this winter is to not, um, like let myself get too lazy, relaxed, depressed, and to kind of just like keep my eye on the, on the goal, which is like, I don't know how many more years I'm going to be doing this mm-hmm. I'm getting older in a few weeks. Um, but I kind of need a way to transition out. And, uh, I really, really feel like these next five years for me are really important to just give it all I have, you know, year round. So I'm not giving myself a whole lot of downtime. I, I'm going to just create new goals. Um, and, and while I'm working on those goals, um, you know, honestly, take some time to myself. But I was going to no. say, girl, don't burn yourself. You got to, you know what though? That's that. Okay. So I've had other episodes where I've, my friend is from Connecticut and we, we talked and I, I feel bad because I listened back to that episode and I was like, oh, Connecticut. <laughs> kind of <laughs> dogged Connecticut a little bit. <laughs> and at the same time, but it's like, it is like listening to you. It's so funny because it's like literally when you live in the Northeast, when you live anywhere that has winter, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> grind it while it's nice outside. And then when we all hi- hibernate, that's either when we like will rest or when we'll do like the more intentional creativity, right? Um, or it's a combo of both. But that's it's like this weird seasonality thing. And living in Texas, girl, I'm so thrown off because they don't have that here in the same way. Like the weather – is generally really nice a lot of the times. And Aww. I know that I know. I know. Poor, poor me. But it's it's kind of throwing me off because I'm like, I need to hibernate. Like I need to, I need to right. where's my downtime. Right, exactly. Um, so I do I do miss that a little bit. But at the same time, like Connecticut started having winter for like eight months. I can't do that. Oh <laughs> I know. And recently I thought to myself, I'm kind of glad I didn't move to Florida because I would have never stopped hustling. Like yeah. like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that would have been me down in Florida. Like, yep. oh my God, this is beautiful every day. Why would I sit home and not make money? I just love money because it gives me the freedom to travel and eat well and put some nice clothes on my body. I'm not all about like, I don't go out and buy branding things. I don't have, I have a Kia. I drive a Kia. Yeah. You know I mean? so I'm not like, you know, trying to be extravagant or anything, but like, I love money. I want to be independent. I don't want anybody to have to be like, oh, she spent my money. She's using me or blah. I just want my own stack of cash so I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. Yes. That for me means I need You don't love work. money. You love freedom. You don't love I, money. Yeah. You love the freedom it can provide. And right. I like that's so relatable, I think, for so many people. And like I'm kind of the same way. Like I don't want to – I know what it's like to not have the money to pay your bills and to, you know, come from nothing. And like when you are self-employed, I mean, it is you, yourself, and I. Like, and then when you have children, like let's let's not even like add that to the additional pressure of just like we don't have a guaranteed paycheck. And so never mind like our probably, you know, earlier insight or reasoning why we want that freedom for money. But like on top of that, we have the responsibility of 
raising a family and having children and and that pressure. And there's no guaranteed paycheck with what we do. Yeah. And if you have a 12-year-old that plays Roblox or (laughs) any other games that require $5 every 10 minutes, you have to work hard. You're working for Roblox. (laughs) Roblox. And and singing monsters. He's back on that. So like just, you know, Christmas is coming. And as far as I'm concerned, like a couple nice gifts, you know, I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'd rather take him on trips. You know, experiences was a big thing for us. Yes. We started. Yeah, let's start creating experiences. For us, we never do really like birthday gifts. And Christmas is is kind of a, a tough one for me because I grew up, you know, having those presents were like, imp- I don't know, like a, an importance, like that magic of what Christmas was. My husband grew up completely opposite. And they didn't even have the money for gifts in general. And so he never really experienced Christmas in that way. And he also grew up in a very religious household. So it was just like there is no Santa. It's just Jesus and that's it. So for me, it was just like I I grew up with a, a mom that just – that was the mad. She wanted to create that magic for me and just and create this different experience where it was something to look forward to. And so with our kids, it's kind of we. Sh- I struggle with Christmas because like that's my view of it, and then my husband's the opposite. And what we've learned is just like a balance, right? Don't overdo it. You don't ha- and you don't have to. It's like sometimes we overdo it. It's like our own thing that we're in our head about, right? Yes. But the experiences that we could give our kids, and I think being a mother and entrepreneur is also an incredible experience that we're teaching them too, right? That they get to live and see. I hope so. I mean, my kid is not inspired by me at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, you know, his mom works a lot. And I'm like, he used to come to my gigs with me. And, you know, he would be there at the karaoke and he'd sing. And he's like, I'm not a singer. Like now he's like, I'm not a singer. But he sings every day. Aww. And he's like, all the lyrics. And I'm like, do you want to like maybe learn how to DJ? I'm like, you could DJ at your school, make money. You'll be like the coolest kid. He wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really sure, you know, what he gets out of watching me do all of these there's things. But- hold on, hold on. Let me just stop you because outside <laughs> looking at I know your story. And there's seeds that are 100% planted. And I know that to be true with your oldest um, because your oldest, now you, going back to what you said, you had a, you had a son at 18. Mm-hmm. So, so you have two sons. So, how old is your oldest? Twenty-seven. First of all, girl, stop because you look uh, insanely uh, like you're you're drinking from the whole like <laughs> pond of the fountain. <laughs> like, I can't deal with you. You are literally insanely like gorgeous for your age. Like, anyways, anyone's gorgeous at any age that they're at. But like, people wouldn't believe what how old you are and. The fact that you have a 27-year-old is – that makes no sense. Anyways, but your oldest, I mean, he got into the industry, right? He was – and it's hard because we, like, look at them and they go, do – when we go, do what we do, right? But – because it's what we know. But I'm sure there's other takeaways, and I see it even with my own kids. But I know your oldest was involved in the um, DJ industry, correct? So my oldest is a whole other story. Oh, my – he has taken everything that I've done. Yeah. like incorporated into his own life. He's just started an LLC nice. and um, he's named it Vegan Eats and Versatile Beats because now he's like incorporate everything. He's like making sea moss and he's making almond milk and he eats like this crazy organic vegan diet. And he's like inspiring. He gives me books to read. Like 
my yeah. kid is me to a T. My older son is me to a T. Right now he's home reading books. He writes and takes notes. He's making music. He just built his own music studio at home. Where he's writing, producing, recording, like all of his own stuff. He's a dancer. He is blowing my mind right That's now. Amazing. So excited for him. Um, just took him to his first DJ expo where he like got immersed in the scene, like all of these, you know, really ambitious people. And he kind of like danced his way through the, all of the music everyone was playing. And, oh my God. He created a whole new network for himself and he's just really excited about the possibilities. So I am so glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. So no matter what my younger son decides to do in life. Well, and that's old- the thing, like where, where was your 27 year old at, at his age or even in his teens? Like there's going to be times that they're not going to like get it and they're not going to you know, you wouldn't, you're like, what is this one going to do? <laughs> so, and then later down the line, you're like, oh my gosh, I see where those seeds from what I've done has been planted with him and how it's coming out later on in life. Um, Cause I totally see that with your oldest son. Yeah, he definitely got it. Like I, when I was younger, I had really good habits, you know, and, and he saw that and yeah. I'm, and when he was younger, so I was going to school to be a teacher and he was like my little miniature student, right? Mm-hmm. So everything I bought him was educational. I would teach him everything. Like he was just, we were buddy, buddy. Like, yeah, that's kind of the way you like, grow up with them, right? When you're a young mother. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the most, the closest relationship. And I, unfortunately, because right now I work so much, I don't have that same exact like synergy with my younger son, but my older son right now, I feel like he's on a path to success. And of course he's not taking the traditional path. He doesn't have like a regular job. Um, he's finding his own way. He wants his, he wants to own his time. He wants his freedom in that respect. And so, and he's found so much happiness in that. Yeah. And, um, so right now for him, it's navigating, like, how do I use this time to make enough money to do all of these things with this music I want to make? And then what do I do with all this music I'm going to make? So it's exciting to watch him figure it out. And I'm, I'm excited to watch what my younger son decides to do because it's going to be so different and yeah. just probably going to blow my mind. You know, it's going to, I just have a feeling he's just going to surprise me. My kids, um, it's funny because my, my kids are eight years apart and you have a bigger gap than that, right? What's, what's the gap? 15. Oh, 15. Girl. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's starting over. It, <laughs> and it's crazy because the thing is, though, is like, you know, who you are 18 years old and navigating life with your first child um, and then who you are once you've kind of established yourself and how you show up, it it does kind of meander and change. I have an eight-year gap and I can tell you, I mean, and, and it's a result, seeing what's happening with our kids like on different paths, um, I think it's a result of who we are and where we are too, but like my first one is 100% my entrepreneur. Like he's actually about to graduate high school and he he wants to go into real estate, but he's kind of like open, but he has that same mentality of like, I don't want to exchange my time for money in, in like a clock in clock out aspect. Um, he wants to kind of like approach things much differently um, and how he wants to make money. And so he wants to live his life. And he has this like, I don't know, he has this entrepreneur kind of perspective, 100%. And I think partially it's because he grew up in that entrepreneur mindset. Whereas like my daughter, I was more established at the point when I had her. And like, I feel like maybe, I don't know, she's like my 
education girl. She doesn't really love school, but at the same time, she's like, knows I need it and I want to go to college and this is my plan. Like she wants to be a veterinarian. She's very adamant. She knows the exact college she wants to go to. But I also see that she's spending – she spends more time with my husband these days than than me because of my work schedule. And I see how more of him is kind of coming like through her. You know, he's more the reserved homebody, like not as adventurous. And like that's coming out with her. So maybe maybe your son is a little bit more of a reflection of of his his dad or and or or is his own person altogether. Like Ooh, he is his dad. Yeah. But uh two things. One is I just brought you up at Thanksgiving, actually, because my son and his grandmother, they make like these Oreo bombs together. Oh, yeah. And it and it made me think of you and your daughter making the cocoa bombs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, Eli. <laughs> my friend and her daughter make these or- these cocoa bombs and they, they box them up and they sell them at Christmas. And then maybe you and grandma can do that with like your Oreo bombs. So like, that's one thing is like, you know, watching you do that with your kids and like, that's awesome that your kids are, you know, taking on your creativity and figuring out how do I make money doing what I love and like, yeah that your kids are watching you and incorporating that. So that reminds me of the second thing, which is I got it from my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur. I watched him work from home. I watched how hard he worked with, um, let me put this back. Um, I watched him like every time it was time to leave the house and we're all getting in the car, the phone would ring and we'd have to sit and wait because his clients kind of came first at certain moments. Mm. You know, this is before a cell phone. So like once we're gone, we're gone. And this is like, answering machines after that. So I watched him like really put business first and then he would go away on business trips and come back and bring us like these big, huge, like teddy bears or like these awesome surprises to make up for the fact that he was gone, uh, which, which I started doing with my own kid. Like when I go away, I'll bring him some kind of mementos or like something to just let him know. I was thinking of you when I was gone, but also what my dad did was he would take us on like on one big family vacation every year because, you know, he worked hard all year round. He was a fundraiser, wasn't seasonal. So that's something else I took from my dad that I do with my kids is, um, we'll go on a trip. You know, I'm going to work hard all year. I'm going to save this money, put it aside for us. And then we're going to go to Disney or universal or Florida or like somewhere, you know, that's where we tend to go. But like mm-hmm. this time I'm talking about, maybe we're going to go to Vase. Maybe we'll go to Grand Canyon, but me and kid time, you know? Yeah. So it makes it so that I, I am working hard all year, but you'll see the benefit too. Right. Exactly. I think, you know, that mom guilt is real and we all struggle with it in some way. But if you just take a, a moment and reflect and remember like how you remember some of your experiences and then what was important to you that you realized later down the line, oh my gosh, that was so great that we had that time. Right. And then you incorporate that into how you show up for your children. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, as much as we can be hard on ourselves as mothers, um, and, and working a lot and building businesses, um, it is difficult to do because there is a sacrifice that does happen where you miss certain things. You can't always go to the games and you can't always be there for everything. Um, and that sometimes I think will, will break women off of pursuing their dreams. Right. And I think there's an aspect where 100% you can still do that. And also where your kids are actually learning from you in the most amazing way. And it you don't see it when you're in it. And later when they get older, you see it. And you go, wow, they're an incredible human. Where did they learn this? How did they think about this? And then you're like, oh, wait, I did that. 
and <laughs> they picked up on it. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of just have to give yourself grace and know that you are doing the right things, but definitely take those moments to make sure that you're also being intentional with, you know, spending time with them. Cause that's something I have to remind myself of too. Like you can get sometimes busy or, or creating or working on a business or going and doing that gig. And then, you know, sometimes it's like, oh wait, you gotta be creative. Like, like you said, take them to Vegas with you. Like I can't tell you how many times I had a wedding at like four in the morning and it was an hour away. And so I, my nights before would end early and I'd have to get up early and I'd be out all day, come home and I'm exhausted. Right. I can't tell you how many times I would book the hotel at the same venue as my client. So that way I could bring my family and we would go to the pool the night before and like we would hang out and I'd get up at four and go do that wedding. But I was a little bit more like fulfilled, right? Because I was a little bit more intentional on how I set that up so I could have both. Mm. Yeah. I think right now, the last few years, my goal with my kids was um, like breaking the generational curses. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that's that's my goal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've already, I've, I'm, I've surpassed where I thought I would be like with, with some of these goals because my mom was like not an ideal like role model for me. She taught me all the things that I shouldn't be or do. I love I loved her to death. She both my parents are gone, but my mom in her own way taught me so many lessons of like what not to do as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um first of all, like depending on a man, getting married and not having a job, you know, just she didn't really set goals for herself and she enjoyed being a stay-at-home mom, but it overwhelmed her to the point where like she started sucking at her job as a mom. And like, that's all she had to do in life. Yeah. And so I noticed that with myself, she starts coming out of me and I'm like, Oh my God, I I dislike that so much. Um, that become, you know, I read a lot of books on like awareness and, you know, kind of bringing myself back into the present moment so that I can stop being reactive as a mom. Mm. Now I, I work late and don't wake me up in the morning early because I cannot focus <laughs> enough to like get myself in check at that moment. I suck in the morning. My son at this point is like, do not wake up in the morning and get me ready for school. Cause I can't put that bad mom part in check. Um, but it's exhaustion, you know? So as much as, you know, I'm trying to work hard and be this, you know, role model for my kids in that way, I'm also trying to be the mom who's not always screaming anymore or who like doesn't really participate. Um, I, I just feel like my mom gave me so many things to learn from. Like she became homeless at one point, mm-hmm. you know? So like, there's so many things that I don't want my kids to have to experience that like, I want to be that better mom. And that's kind of my main goal is like work hard, be a good mom, save some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, really some of us just weren't blessed with like that perfect household that we, you know, had these great Christmases or these great things. So like my ex's mom, she creates these magic moments for, for my kid that I I can't create cause I'm too busy or right? like every year on my son's birthday, I do a wedding and I have to make up for it. That's hard. So October 5th. Right. So that's like the most requested yeah. weekend for Saturday, Sunday wedding. And so I have to make up for it. And, um, I have a ton of mom guilt, um, and then I have to, you know, give myself some grace, of course, because I am doing better than I was. I have come a long way. Yeah. 
And every now and then I have to like check myself and like, wow, you did good today. You know, you you would have exploded, but today you did good. So oh, good. that's that's good to have that awareness. That's that's so important, and to give yourself grace. I think that is something that's an understated statement because as much as we could say it, it's th- like the action of it is more important, right? Um, and that's a hard thing. I I can totally relate to that and struggled with that for a really long time, and you do. You just have to, I think connecting with other women and having this type of real conversation and also pointing that out to realize like, you're not alone. You're not a bad person. Um, you're not crazy. You're just, you just got to figure out how to navigate it though. Right. Cause if that's not how you want to show up, you got to become aware of it first and then kind of figure out how you can be more intentional. And it takes time to, to figure it out and to put it into action. Um, but the way that we are so driven in our uh, work life is in the way that I kind of tell myself, like, Ashley, like, shut it down and, and like, just just pivot that little, like, nugget that you have that ability to just drive. Like, see if you could just, just put a little bit of attention into this and try a little bit harder. And even if it's just like a baby step, if you do just one little thing, like you said, just that one morning that you didn't get upset and you controlled that. It's becoming aware of it and then, you know, putting it into practice, even if it's just a little bit. And over time, you'll see, you know, you'll see the shift and change happen. But I did the same thing. I miss I miss so much with my son um, in terms of games and stuff. Um, and when I took a like step back, that was something I had a problem with when I was young. My mom worked all the time and she missed all the games that she she went to she did make it to some but what's what's sad is that you almost kind of remember like when she didn't come instead of when she did right and so me like making myself aware of that of how that felt I kind of look at my kids and go okay I, I have to make I have to make the game and I have to you know try harder but it's it's difficult when you're a business owner because yeah it'll be the freaking busiest day of the year and then – or the wedding that booked a year in advance. Like, you know what I mean? That's the hard thing about the wedding industry is you're committing to a booking a year out and then you find out it's like the freaking World Series game of for your child that, you know, they would die if you weren't there. Like, you know what I mean? So what do you do? And you, the booking is there. You you committed to it and you have to go. And that's, I know. that's the hard part. I think for me, it's like, if it wasn't such a significant amount of money on that day, yeah. I honestly would just pass it up. But, yeah. you know, because we have that window here, it's like, you have to take that money when you can get it. Because in six months when it starts to snow and like maybe every gig gets canceled for like a week or two weeks or three weeks of the whole entire winter, you need that cushion. And so like, it's for his benefit yeah. that I go to work or like that money that I work on his birthday this year when I worked on his birthday, I took all that money and we went out and celebrated his birthday on another day with his friends. Yeah. So there's definitely ways to, um, you know, make up for the fact that we can't be there sometimes because I, I mean, the guilt. And then sometimes, you know, the exhaustion, like you were just saying, in between gigs, it's like, okay, this is my day off and now I'm so tired. It's a sad, not, well, I would never be off on a Saturday, <laughs> but like his day's off. Um, instead of being, you know, awake and like, energetic and ready to do things with them. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Today's the day I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. You know? So again, guilt from that. So yeah. Cause you're tired. Yeah. The, the balancing act is insane. Mm-hmm. Like I need to get better with time management. Um, 
making, and, and this is funny because I'm going to be talking about uh, magic moments in Vegas in February, but like one thing I need to do is create more of them at home in my own life is like create them for my family. Like, you know, my, his grandmother does for him and she's a great example. Like I'm going to bring her into my seminar talk because you need people like that. Not all of us, you know, and I'm just going to keep talking about magic moments for a minute. Like they're important. Like I, I think back and I'm like, you know, getting like this one Christmas present, like the, the cricket doll or something, or like my karaoke machine, like receiving these gifts that like, you know, I really, really wanted, or like them, them holding off to the last minute to give them to me or, you know, getting surprised a limousine trip to, uh, the airport to go to Disney. Like these are big moments that like were planned in advance and well thought out. And I just, I feel like those moments are what we take with us for the rest of our lives, you know, cause we're going to forget so many things, but like, what are these magic moments we're creating in our own lives for ourselves and our kids that like, we get to look back and remember, you know, it's kind of important. It's so true. I like, it's crazy because listening to you, it's like, it's, you know, when, when you're in it too, you feel like you're kind of alone and nobody's experiencing this and you just feel all this like really big guilt. Right. And it's crazy listening to you because I'm just like, Oh yes, girl, I could, I could relate to that. I know that moment. I know that moment. I know every, every magic moment I tried to create to make up for, you know, the missed moment and, and it's just like, you know, how, how we, it's, it's almost, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's kind of a necessity though. Like when you're, when you're a business owner, because the reality is, is like, if you're going to be a business owner, you are going to have to sometimes make these choices. And if you become, if you, if you continually, if you don't become aware, um, to make those magic moments and then you're just going to kind of get buried, right? Like, I don't know. Like I cuz I feel like there's something to be like taught in in hearing this from from listeners to understand that when you're a business owner, yes, there's a sacrifice. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, you're going to face hardships. But then there's like these other pieces that when you become intentional and you work through and you grow through what you're learning and you come back and try again. And one thing I've learned going back and reflecting is just like those those magic moments um, and those seeds that I planted for my children along the way. I mean, I wish I could go tell that woman that felt all that mom guilt all those years that like you're, you are doing something great. You are, they're going to remember this and it's going to shape them and who they are. And I mean, looking at my son at 17, and I'm sure you even further along at, with your son at 27, you start to see like you did a great job and don't forget that. Um, don't forget you've really done an incredible job and in being who you are and showing up for your kids. And I'm, I'm pretty positive you've created a lot of magic along the way. So, I mean, when we think back, cause you were a young mom too. Mm-hmm. I was 20. So I, I don't even know how I did it looking back. Like the young me was so bad ass. <laughs> I was walking around with, I was so proud of my, I, I was 17 when I got pregnant, 18 when I had him. I was not embarrassed of my baby bump. Like I was getting side eye. Oh, me too. My son. I so like I look like I was twelve I when was, I was pregnant. I, so that was like I'm sure you probably did too. <laughs> yeah, they, like nobody. I just look like a baby. But I was so proud, and I was proud to have him. I was proud to be a young mom. And situations I think probably should have broken me or embarrassed me or you know made me a statistic. Mm-hmm. Like 
honestly, though, having support didn't allow that in my life because my dad was like, hey, your son is about to go to a preschool. Why don't we sign you up for college? And got he got me grant money. So I went to college for like seven years on grants oh, wow. um, because I was a young single mom. And so as long as you're encouraged, like you don't have to let your hardships or your, you know, anything that's kind of like going to hold you back. Even if you get pregnant unexpectedly and you don't know, do I have the baby? You know, what am I going to do? Um, and I know that's like a crazy topic right now. <laughs> you just segued. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like, honestly, if you think you can't do it because of this and that, I had no money. I had nothing, yeah. you know, but I did have support. So, and I wanted that child. So like, having him as my sidekick on all those years. And like, he gave me the reason to go to college. He gave me the reason to like work so hard. Um, and so having him right now, like doing the things that he's doing, he's not going to be a statistic because I'm not a statistic. You know, we could have been living a shitty life. You know what I mean? Had I not had the support that I had. So in the grind um, and the hustle and the heart, I mean, you, you forged through all of your, your hardships and the chaos and came out on the other side successful. So, so, I think we've got to be proud of our younger selves and the decisions we made and how far we've come and be aware. You know of what, like, though? Be proud of who you are today. We, we as women especially, I feel like, you know what's crazy is like we'll look back and I agree with you in terms of like looking back at myself. I'm like, man, that chick was badass. Like what the hell was she thinking? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm that brave anymore. But like at the same time, it's like, but she got through it and like, she is you and you are her today and you are even better for it. And you're like the beauty on the other side of that chaos that, 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 that young girl like faced the chaos and, and went through it. And so you're the result of it. You're the beauty. You're the, you are who you are. And we have this like imposter syndrome that happens where we continue to go back and, and instead of like today going, no, like, cause like, think about it. Even when you go back, how many times did you think you were not good enough? And how many times did you think that you were doing a bad job and that you were feeling mom guilt? Right. And then when you were in it, that's what you were thinking. But when you look back, you're like, holy shit, she was amazing. But you weren't <laughs> thinking you were amazing in the time that you were in that. Right. And so right. flash forward to today, right now in this moment, we're still being hard on ourselves and still saying, we got mom guilt. I'm not, I'm a bad mom. I'm not doing this right. I, I should have done this. And it's like, girl, stop. Like that's that imposter syndrome coming through because you are a badass today. You were a badass then. You're a badass now. You're even more of a badass. So this is why you are <laughs> on my episode of Beauty Behind Chaos because you are the beauty on the other side of the chaos and we forge through the fires and it made us better people, better women better mothers. And, uh, we need to stop with that imposter syndrome. So I'm, I'm checking you girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to wrap this up cause we went over time and I, I, oh. it's going to happen on every episode. I don't know if I can keep it 45 minutes with, with these <laughs> conversations cause they're too good. These stories need to be shared, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just feel like it, it hasn't been 45 minutes yet. Didn't we just but, start? I know. Right. <laughs> I know. So um, I'm sure – and I, I say this every time I have a guest. I'm like, I'm going to have you back on because there's more to talk about. And that, that 100% will be the case. I can't wait to see what you do with your DJ journey and also your speaking journey. I, we didn't even really dive into the speaking aspect of it, which is, a, is an ultimate goal for me too. So we'll have to come back on and, and talk about uh, speaking and, and daring greatly with that because I'll be, I'll be testing the waters with that. Although I've done some speaking before. 
have that book. I have that Daring Greatly yes, book. Yes, I yes, girl. I did yeah. a um, I did a whole episode about the woman in the arena. And how do you say her? Is it Brene Brown? Breen Breen Brown. Brene. Brene Brown. Um, yeah, she was one of those books that I read in the in the middle of my fire, and totally gave me the confidence. And then someone told me about the word imposter syndrome, and that's we got that. <laughs> it's so hard not to. I know. I I just listened to these women speak in a, at a conference recently, and they were just eloquent and everything I yes. want to be. So I I left there thinking, oh my god, I have so much work to do. But if you're not inspired, like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I need that inspiration to make sure what I'm doing is like top notch, up to par, like the best that I can deliver. So let's definitely speak. I have so many things we didn't even talk about yet that I would love to tell you. So let's do this again sometime. We got to do it again for sure. And you know what? Those women that are up on those stages speaking, they got similar stories. They have, you know, similar, similar things that they had to um, break through and, you know, experience and, and be scared and have all the, I'm sure there's a ton of stories with, you know, all the things that quote unquote went wrong for it to go right. Right. And so I there hope to interview uh, more of those women too, because I want to learn from them. We're all going to learn from me each too. other. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. Do you want to plug real quick how people can check you out, follow you and uh, see what you got going on? Sure. I have a website. I It's uh, royalbeatsdjs.com. And then my Facebook is the same, Royal Beats DJs. And Instagram is at DJ Stephanie Stardust. DJ Stephanie Stardust. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love your purple hair. Your hair is still looking amazing. I'm sad I can't do it anymore. Thank but you. it still looks great. <laughs> you. All right, girl. I will, I will see you guys next time. And uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Beauty Behind Chaos. Check us out on Instagram. We just launched an Instagram. It is Beauty Behind Chaos Podcast. It's kind of long, but find me on there. If uh, you were inspired by this in any way, definitely um, put up a picture, tag us slide into our dms um share your stories i love hearing all the stories and if we inspire you we can definitely inspire everyone together so again i appreciate y'all thank you for listening bye thanks for kicking it with me until the end if this episode inspired you share it with a friend because when we learn we live and we can all use a pick-me-up i would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode use the hashtag beauty behind chaos podcast see you next time beauty